Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you for joining us as we take a look at the book. We're going to be talking about a series that I have, a five-hour audio series on CD, entitled, As in the Days of Noah. One part of the series, Angels in the Time of Noah, Lot, and Today, is a very interesting study on how angels played such an interesting role, as I said, in the days of Noah, but also in the days of Lot, and even today. Well, I'll tell you how you can get your own copy of As in the Days of Noah, this five-hour audio series on CD, in just a moment. First, get your Bible. Let's have this study, and then I'll be back to tell you how you can get your own copy. Right now, Angels in the Times of Noah, Lot, and Today. If it's as it was in the days of Noah, likewise in the days of Lot, so it shall also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. What about today? If angels were key players then, what about today? What about today? I want to tell you three things about, and we'll close, three things about angels today in the last days. You see, angels were major players. They were very active at the time of the first coming of Jesus Christ. I stood in the spot just not too long ago a couple of weeks ago, I stood in the spot right there on the road between Bethlehem and Jerusalem at a place called Migdal Adar. By the way, do you know the Bible tells us exactly where Jesus Christ was born? It says in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, in Bethlehem. But that's all it leaves us. It says in chapter 4 verse 8, at Migdal Adar, Migdal, the tower, Adar, of the flock. Boy, this is beautiful. You know the tower of the flock? It was on the road right near where Rachel's tomb was. Because back in chapter 23, I think it is, of the book of Genesis, it says that Jacob buried his wife and he moved through Migdal Adar. Extra biblical writing says that Jesus Christ, excuse me, not Jesus, they don't refer to him, Messiah will be first recognized at Migdal Adar, the Tower of the Flock. You know what the Tower of the Flock was? It was there in the shepherd's fields of Bethlehem. It was a two-story tower. See, Migdal, meaning tower, by the way, Mary Magdalene, she was from Migdal in the Galilee where the fishermen would climb up in the tower and look out for the schools of fish, and they would send their brothers out there to go get the fish. Mary from Migdal, Mary Magdalene. Migdal Adar was the tower of the flock. It was two stories high. Up in the top, the shepherd, the chief shepherd, would look out over the fields watching to make certain his flock was being protected from the wolves or the foxes or thieves or whatever. You know what was down in the lower floor of Migdal Adar? They had a manger there with swaddling clothes. Uh, By the way, you, you know what the swaddling clothes were for? When a lamb was born, they took that lamb. Because you see, in Bethlehem, it was the holding pen. Listen, it was the holding pen for the sacrificial lambs to be offered at the temple three miles away. And so they would take these Newborn lambs wrapped them in swaddling clothes so that they wouldn't flap their limbs and mar them in some way. And then they would lay them 
as they were calming down up in a manger. And millions and millions of angels appeared in the sky. As high as you could see, as wide as you could see. Angels at the first coming of Jesus Christ. And you know what they said? They said to those shepherd boys, shepherd men, they were priests actually. Those were priestly shepherds. Having been trained to be priests for 30 years, they were in the fields watching those lambs that would be offered at sacrifice at the temple. And they said, go and you'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And they ran immediately to Migdal Adar. And the Bible said it all the time. Come with me to Israel. I take you to a spot, not to some church of nativity. Take you to a spot where it actually happened, right there on the highway between Bethlehem and Jerusalem. And I told you that little story. That's kind of a Christmas flavor for you coming towards Christmas time. I told you that little story, but to tell you about the angels that appeared that night. Angels. And throughout his 33 years of life, angels, both evil and good angels, Evil angels confronting him. Confronting him. What do you have to do with us, Jesus? Leave us alone. One spot he cast him into the pigs who ran down into the sea. Good angels. When he went out there just above Jericho and uh, for 40 days and 40 nights didn't have anything to eat, you know who ministered to him? Angels. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, Sweating drops of blood. You know who ministered to him? Angels. Good angels, evil angels, having a relationship at the first coming of Christ. Good angels and evil angels will have a major part to play in the second coming of Christ. Go to chapter 10 of the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 10. You know what, you know what Daniel chapter 10 is? Daniel chapter 10 is following Daniel chapter 9. Isn't that a brilliant statement? Daniel chapter 9 is where... Jesus appears to Daniel and he gives him the 70 weeks of Daniel, a 490-year period of time. It talks about when he was going to come. It says after 483 years, after 69 of the 70 weeks, after 173,880 days, I will appear. And then I will be cut off. I will be crucified. And then the temple will be destroyed. The city will be devastated. He gives him that information. Now Daniel, after Jesus leaves, wants more. And so what he does, he fasts for three weeks, 21 days, on his face before the Lord in sackcloth and ashes. Lord, I want some more. And the Lord comes back. I believe the heavenly visitor in chapter 10 of the book of Daniel is Jesus Christ himself who is coming back. Now look what happens when he comes back. Verse 11, and he said unto me, Daniel, old man, greatly beloved. What a commendation that is from Jesus Christ. Man, greatly beloved, Daniel. In fact, there's not one negative thing ever said about Daniel. Understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken the words unto me, I stood trembling. Then he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand. By the way, there's the first reason for studying prophecy. Daniel wanted to know what was going to happen, so he set his heart to understand. 
what was going to take place. The second reason for studying prophecy. And to chasten thyself before the Lord. Once you understand prophecy, it draws you to Jesus and causes you to chasten your heart before him. Two reasons for studying prophecy. From the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come from thy words. Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. That three-week period of time where the reason I've been delayed, Daniel, because the prince of Persia withstood me. Now you said that was Jesus. I did say that was Jesus. Well, how could the prince of Persia hold back Jesus Christ? How could anybody put Jesus Christ on a cross? Same kind of question. Only because Jesus will allow it to happen. Same reason here. Now look what it says. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes. Michael, the archangel. And now we get an idea of who the prince of Persia is. He is an angel of Persia. Thus confronting Jesus Christ in the way he did, he must be an evil angel. That is absolutely correct. An evil angel of Persia. And so what we're seeing is that Satan, where is he? In the first heaven right up here above us. Where all the evil angels are, where they've been cast out to. Satan is dispatching evil angels to take control of human world Leaders. This one is known as the king of Persia. Proof text on who it is? Yes, the book of Esther. Want to know his name? Haman. Haman, who wanted to kill all the Jews, got the decree of the Medes and the Persians signed by King Ahasuerus to kill all of the Jews. There's the prince of Persia taking all. By the way, Haman, either totally possessed are totally under the control of Satan. An evil angel dispatched to take control of a world ruler. What is Ephesians 6, 12? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers of darkness, evil in the heavenlies, rulers of this world. There's a battle going on. What causes, what causes Yasser Arafat to give a command to a group of his followers? To put masks on their face. Walk into a classroom of sixth graders. Take the, the, the professor, the teacher, who has collaborated with Israel, trying to come to a peaceful coexistence. Chop that teacher up into little pieces. Take those pieces of that man and throw them in the classroom among the students and say, you kids collaborate with a Jew, we'll do the same to you. What cause? I stood as close as I am from here to Tom, from Yasser Arafat. I am not a psychic. I'm not a mystic. I looked in his eyes, and I could see in his eyes Satan. He's totally bizarre. What makes Adolf Hitler give a command to put six million Jews into furnaces or gas chambers and burn them, send them into eternity? Adolf Hitler totally made every decision based with his consultation with witches, demons. It was demonic, evil angels. Thank you so very much for joining us as we have taken a look at the book. As in the Days of Noah is a five-hour audio series on CD. 
This is study number four that we have just completed, Angels in the Times of Noah, Lot, and Today. If you would like to have the entire study of As in the Days of Noah, you can call our toll-free number or go to our website and make your order today. Let me give you those numbers and the address, please. The phone number, our toll-free number, toll-free from across America, is 877-674-3298. That's 877-674-3298. As I said, it is a toll-free number from across America. The address on our website, prophecytoday.com, and then go to our shopping mall, and you'll be able to make your order of As in the Days of Noah, a five-hour audio series on CD. This will help you to understand how it was in the days of Noah and how those days have been replicated today, giving us evidence of how soon the return of Jesus Christ could well be. But remember, seven years before his return to the earth, he will come in the clouds, he will shout, the archangel will shout, the trumpet of God will sound, and we'll be caught up to be with him. You know that's referred to in eschatological terminology. That means end times terminology, as the rapture of the church. And after our study today, I'm sure you understand that the rapture could happen at any moment. And having said that, there's nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until... 